1: Welcome, everyone, to a Baseball America podcast. Along with Aaron Fitt, I'm John Manuel. It's a college podcast at Baseball America. It's the last college podcast of the year from the podcast nook, and it's brought to you by MLB Network. We're so happy to have partnered with MLB Network for the broadcast of the 2010 draft. Our draft coverage has been just crazy at BaseballAmerica.com. Our college coverage has been insane at BaseballAmerica.com and our uh, podcasts have been a refuge every Monday here at baseballamerica.com. And now we're getting into Omaha and the Cobbled series is set and we'll be obviously covering the Cobbled series. Aaron Fitt will be there all week. I'll be there for the first part. We'll have chats from Omaha uh the first day <coughs> excuse me, the first day of the Cobbled series. The games are now pushed back to Saturday. On Friday we'll be chatting from Omaha from the Nike Fieldhouse. We'll have all kinds of coverage. Those chats also are also going to include some uh, very special guests some former college baseball players, so uh, tune in for that. And they're in the field for the final year of the Colorado Series at Rosenblatt Stadium. If, I don't think it's the field that we thought we would see. There are eight teams, obviously, but seven of the eight teams are number one seeds. So there's no huge upsets. So there's no Fresno State. Right. There's no number three seed Oregon State.
0: And we did and we did say that there were going to be a lot of number one seeds winning regionals and and moving on. And we were right about there being a lot of one seeds. They just weren't exactly the one seeds that we expected. That's right.
1: And I think uh, one of the upsets oh, – let's talk right off the top of the upsets. One of the upsets was an upset, but not a huge upset. We said all year, Aaron, we thought TCU was an Omaha team. Yeah. And that Matt Perk was a difference maker for this club. That I mean, I, th- I think we've couched it that way pretty much all year. We just thought – Going through Austin was going to be too tough for TCU, yeah. and that wasn't any slight of TCU. That was respect. I thought going through Austin
0: would be too tough for any team in America. Right, but
1: th- but it wasn't for TCU. It wasn't for TCU. And so, and, um,
0: you know, I mean, honestly, I would have picked Texas to win that regional against Virginia, Arizona State, anyone. I agree. I mean, it's not it's not a slight against te- TCU. I think TCU is outstanding.
1: I would have picked Texas to win that re- that home super regional against any team in the country. I completely yeah. agree. But what was TCU able to do? I, mean, I guess, Was it a flaw in Texas, or did TCU have too much pitching for Texas'
0: good but not great yeah, offense? You know, I don't think it was a flaw in Texas. I mean, Texas did score 14 runs in that middle game. Uh, they can score. I mean, right. They've pruned it all year long. This is one of the better offensive teams they've had in a while, in fact. Um, it
1: team record for home runs, correct? It was a
0: team record for home runs. But, you know, in the two losses, they scored one run in each game, and that's a credit to Matt Perk. And it's a credit to Kyle Winkler. Kyle Winkler,
1: a little overshadowed all year by yeah. how good Perk has been, but Kyle Winkler, big-time guy out of high school. The only reason he's not regarded as highly as Matt Perk is he's not as tall. Yeah. He's a six-foot righty,
0: Right, but he's got... I mean, his stuff isn't as electric either, but it's right. very good but stuff. But it's
1: good stuff. That's what I meant to say. You're right, it's not as electric as Matt Perk, but it's but it's good stuff. I mean, if he were six four, and right-handed, it would be second, yeah. third-round stuff.
0: And, you know, also... I mean Tyler Lockwood is kind of an unsung hero here. He got the save in both those careers on the on the uh the bookend games there that series. Um and he is, you know, talk about a, not a high profile guy, not a guy with a ton of velocity. I mean he's he's a pitchability right-hander, but a veteran who's been around, he's a senior. He
1: believes, he's a career record holder now in appearances at TCU. I mean, this guy has been a huge yeah. part Former of Friday this program starter success. for them. Exactly.
0: I mean, that's a nice guy to have in your bullpen. Um so, I mean, I, I think I think you've got to give TCU's pitchers credit. Um, and, you know, TCU, their offense is good enough. Even against elite pitching, they were able to scratch out a few runs. Uh, we'll see, you know, as we go forward here this weekend, we'll see uh, if they can do it again against more elite pitching because they're going to see some more elite pitching, I suspect. Now,
1: I haven't thought about this. Are they the first Mountain West Conference team to get to Omaha? Since that conference began? I believe they I are. I think they are. Yeah, I can't pretty, think who else would have been. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive for them to – I mean, this is a team that lost twice to Air Force. Yeah. And that's basically the reason why they weren't a top eight national seed. But it's like amazingly consistent season the, all year.
0: The only team in the nation that didn't lose a weekend series this year.
1: That is – that's pretty stunning.
0: And they still haven't lost a weekend. Unlike, right. I mean, you know, Texas, not only did they lose the first weekend series of the year, but they lost, you know, they went on three in the conference the tournament. tournament. You're right. TCU didn't lose the conference tournament. They won the region, won the Super. They still haven't lost a weekend.
1: TCU has been the nation's most consistent team. Yeah.
0: That's a, that's
1: a very easy statement to make. And the Horned Frogs will play Florida State, which played a very tough, competitive Super Regional with Vanderbilt. But in the end, Aaron, Florida State playing at home equals – advancing to omaha second time in 3 years i think we're going to look at the career of some of these florida state juniors the mike mcgees and the tyler Holtz and the jeff parkers and some of those guys johnny gast at the hell of a recruiting class to be excellent uh guys like or as parts of the wheel the spokes around the middle of the wheel around the middle of buster posey in 2008 yeah. terrible stumbling analogy by me yeah. but <laughs> they was. were great supporting parts to buster posey who was the key to that team in 2008. Now, those guys are the team, basically. Yeah. And Mike McGee, I don't think we could, I, I think you and I both agree. If we just had a college baseball MVP, Mike McGee would be in the very short list of discussion because no of question. what he means to that team offensively, the walk-off home run of the first game of that super regional, what he means to their bullpen. Uh, talk a little bit about what, what was the separator for you with Florida State and Vanderbilt, and are you surprised Florida State's in Omaha?
0: No, I mean I I look back at uh, uh, last year's eight for Omaha. I had I had Florida State in yeah. there as well as I think I also had Florida, uh, maybe another team or two. I mean it was it was a hit and miss prog- process as always. But no, I mean I thought this was going to be a really good team and and their preseason what top ten certainly, uh, number nine maybe. I mean we we thought this would be a uh, uh, this team would be a factor.
1: They were top ten really all year. Yeah until they lost that last weekend of the series, series, getting swept by Clemson. Who knew that was two College World Series teams? Because at the
0: time, it looked like neither was a College World Series team. Absolutely, it did. Uh Um, Amazing, amazing that the two ACC teams in Omaha are from that division, whereas I think the other division with Virginia and Georgia Tech and Miami, and Virginia Tech even, seemed like the better division all year. Sorry, I had to put that in for Miami.
1: But it's amazing. Uh, It is amazing. I think Florida State, the one thing you can't take away from Florida State is they know who they are.
0: They do, and and you know they, they're just they're so darn consistent every right. year with their approach. They're so patient. They work the count. It works for them. It really does. And uh, you know, and this team is is just filled with as I we, we keep saying week after week. It's just filled with winning ball players, and they don't win pretty. They never win pretty. It seems like this season, but uh, but I they will
1: win. say I will say Aaron. And last year's eight for Omaha, uh, Florida and Florida State. Uh, are the only two of the eight that didn't make it. I mean that, that made it. Cal State Florida made it to Super Regional. Georgia Tech did not. LSU did not. Rice did not. Texas obviously did. Virginia obviously did. Eight more to follow. Super Regional team: Arkansas, Clemson, Omaha, Georgia. Wow, wow. Yeah. Everybody, everybody hurts. Yeah. Take comfort in your friends. Yep. Oregon State made it to Regionals. San Diego Regional. South Carolina, Omaha. Miami Super Regional. UCLA, Omaha. So five of your top sixteen are and here. And I think I
0: listed Arizona State as a quote-unquote sleeper. They were in the. Uh, <laughs> they were. In
1: a, they were a sleeper. Uh, as was Alabama, which gets the super regional. As was Coastal Carolina, super regional. As was Vanderbilt, super regional. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. A year out.
0: It's it's, it's kind of like a very 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 preliminary preseason top twenty-five, and in that context, it's not bad.
1: I'm I'm really I'm stunned that you didn't have TCU. Yeah.
0: But. We didn't know they were gonna get Matt Perk. That's it.
1: <laughs> we didn't know they were gonna get Matt Perk. Um Spaceball America podcast with John and Aaron. Um and the other side of that bracket, so TCU and Florida State play. And then UCLA and Florida are matched up. And Aaron yeah. I think we thought the Fullerton UCLA super regional could be the best one. I'm not sure that it was the best one, but it certainly was uh, rest assured it was dramatic. Yeah. And uh UCLA and out away from being swept by the Titans. And Tyler Ramatula leads UCLA back. They blow that lead in Red Sox 86 fashion against the Angels, where the Red Sox blew the lead that Dave Henderson gave them in game five and then had to come back and win that game in extra innings. Anyhow, uh, enough of our Red Sox fandom. Uh, But UCLA comes back from the brink, and then Rob Rasmussen, one of my all-time personal cheese balls from the time I talked, I'm going to out the scout Chuck Krim. He's now a pitching coach in the uh, Dodger system. From the time I taught the Chuck Krim doing California coverage in 2007, and Chuck Krim was like, well, the guy you haven't mentioned is Rasmus, and that guy's breaking ball was filthy. It was awesome. I love Chuck Krim. I had him on my 1986 through 1990 <laughs> retro league teams as well. So Chuck Krim pitched me to the retro 1989 playoffs with two complete games in, on three days rest. So I'm always indebted to Chuck Krim. It was a, it's like, it's an unbelievable – a uh, conflagration of personal cheese balls. Chuck Krim and Rob Rasmussen together. You just don't get that too often in your life.
0: That's, that's tangent of the, of the day right that's there. That's tangent like of that. the year. But, uh, uh,
1: but Rob Rasmussen with a complete game two hitter to just shut down Fullerton. I want to say this. Fullerton with an unbelievably valiant season. They got it. to a terrible start. They righted the ship. They had injuries all year. Yeah. No Gary Brown for Super Regionals. No that's Tyler right. Pill to pitch for them for the last basically six weeks. And they still get an out from Omaha. I think it's a tremendous job by those players, by Dave Serrano, that coaching staff. But in the end,
0: Aaron, I just think U C L A was just better. Yeah, they were. I mean, they were more talented and for once. And talent Fullerton's talented. Out. And Fulton Fullerton and is, and is very talented. Fullerton is very talented. You're absolutely right. And and they're going to be a factor again next year, but uh um, That's a heck of a sophomore class they have. Even though they're losing two
1: first round picks yeah. and Brown and Cologne, that is an amazingly talented sophomore class. Yeah. But UCLA, I guess, offensively, Aaron, what was the UCLA was able to do offensively this year? We knew they were going to have the pitching just in the course right. of the year and on the course of the weekend. What was UCLA able to do offensively that put them over the hump?
0: Well, you know, I think it's it's like like our super regional scouting report on UCLA said is, uh, they're they're just more balanced and dangerous offensively than they have been. They rather than sit back and you know wait for the three run home run or which they didn't always do, but in general that I mean, was they, the way they won in
1: '97 for sure.
0: Well, sure. Uh, this team manufactures runs. It can, you know, it plays the the Rick Vanderhoek style, the former Fullerton style. You That's know, right. uh, but they also do have some pop. and They can beat you different ways. They're much more balanced, right-handed and left-handed than they used to be. Last year's team was very right-handed. Now they've got those those lefties in the lineup, thanks to the freshman class largely. Um, you know, I, I, it's it's definitely a better offense. It's more versatile. Uh, it's not a it's not a world-beater offense. Um, they can be stopped, certainly. Right. But uh, this side of the bracket,
1: Florida State's offense stands out, to me, as on paper the best offense. Florida's is good. I think TCU has
0: the best offense. Do you really? Yeah. Okay.
1: And statistically, I think they do as well. But they're playing in the Mountain West. They're playing at altitude. That's true. I mean, to me... I know it's Texas, but they were pretty tame in the super regional as well. What they score eight runs the whole super regional?
0: Yeah, but I mean, again, they're playing. They are playing they're, they're Texas. They're facing maybe the best pitching staff ever. I mean, right. You could make the case.
1: Right. Well, they didn't get the Omaha, so I'll take Rice. No, but I yes, agree it was one of the, it, It's one of the best ones. But to me, it seemed like TCU doesn't have a standout player. They're very solid, one to nine. Yeah. But there's not a great offensive player there that makes me think they're the best team. Whereas I think if you plunk Tyler Holt on the TCU's lineup, he's their best hitter.
0: Yeah, that's probably I true. think if you put Preston true.
1: Tucker even though you like him more than I do, I like him. But if you plug Preston Tucker in TCU's lineup, he's their best hitter. That's a good point also. So I, think, I just don't I don't I think, think there is Coates. I
0: think Jason Coates is is in that discussion. I mean, I think he's he's maybe not quite as good as those guys, but he's not far removed. I think he's a really good underrated player. Um Good point.
1: I think I think that TCU's probably the most well as complete a lineup maybe as Florida State – stay. I think Florida State executes so well. They really do. I, I, maybe you taking them out of their home ballpark is going to be a difference maker for them. But I, I just love Florida State's offense. It's just so they're so they grind things out. They all take good at bats. Yeah, they're just really really good. We're, we're skipping. We're, obviously, we're jumping ahead a little you, you, bit. You might
0: you might have sold me on this actually. Now that you mention it, I mean I think looking at it, I think maybe Florida State is the better offensive team than TCU. They, and you know they also have more balance left and right again. I mean that's.
1: Plus it seems like Cardulo is hot. He's starting Cardillo's to hit. come around. He's not going to hit 400 like he did last year.
0: Yeah. But he's come around a little bit. I mean, they've got a couple of good sophomores that I think get overlooked with Sherman Johnson and James Ramsey. Um, you know, and, and, and Jace Boyd, the freshman, having a nice yeah. having
1: a nice year. He's an impact needs an impactful guy. And if you yeah.
0: compare their offense to TCU's, I mean, TCU is so right-handed. They've only got one lefty and, and one switch hitter really in the lineup. Florida State does have, you know, I think they've got uh, six righties and three lefties. I mean, that's a little bit better balance. And that's unusual for Florida State to be more right-handed lean. You're right. handed
1: leaning. you are right you are right. And one thing I'll I'll just throw this in there. I think Virginia and Texas wish they could have switched super regional opponents. Obviously, you can't because yeah. Oklahoma in the conference. But all that right-handedness for TCU, going to Texas, even though they had to face all those Texas right-handed pitchers, but Oklahoma's lineup being nice and balanced. And Virginia not having enough left-handed pitching really, I think, affected them. We'll we'll talk about that more on the other half of the bracket. But Florida is the other team here. And obviously, Aaron, Florida's the number three national seed. They're the highest seed on this bracket. They're the second highest seed left with Texas eliminated. Is Florida the favorite on this side for you as they beat Miami rather handily and the Hurricanes really just did not
0: put their best foot forward in that Super Regional? I suppose they're the favorite. I mean, they're number three national seed. They won the SEC.
1: We've been—they've um, been really in our top four, or five for a long time yeah. in our rankings. Yeah, and right, you uh, know we we uh oh, we we've had them there
0: for a long time. This side of the bracket is wide open. I think I think these are four really good teams. And uh, I spent the last hour before this podcast trying to decide who I was going to pick on that side of the bracket because I just don't know. I, I just think it could go in any direction. Um, but you know, again, when it comes to balance, I mean, Florida. Uh, we know they're good in the mound. They're great in the bullpen. Yeah. Um, they're great defensively, and, and we love teams that play good defense in the postseason.
1: I think that really they three of these teams are very similar: Florida, UCLA, and TCU. Yeah. In that way, they're pretty balanced, I think complete so. teams. They have, you know, I, I would say starting pitching wise, UCLA is the front runner, but boy, Florida's pitching is so deep and good. Right. And TCU, obviously, Perk. Winkler, we talked about Lockwood, we talked about their depth all year. You know, whereas Florida State's more depth, they really don't have an ace. Right now, they're kind of, you know, Sean, Gill, Holstaff, Parker...
0: I mean, Bladen. it's come around a little bit because cause of Brian Bush has kind of settled into the number two spot. Gaston, um, Parker kind of like basically share a game every yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. It seems, yeah, like, it seems like Parker now has, has moved into more of the starting role, but it's He's not... He's trusted.
1: Yeah. We just named their trusted guys,
0: basically. Right. Their high-trust
1: guys are Gil Martin, Parker... Johnny Gast, Bush, and McGee. of course
0: Mike McGee. Right.
1: So that's their five guys, and will be obviously the other
0: people. They like the mix and match of the bullpen, yeah. but their main five are those five guys. To, to me, because of th- th- they're so much less deep than these other three teams on this side of the bracket, and I think these three, three teams, these four teams are so good that I don't know that I necessarily see a team going three and zero on this side. Um, I don't think it favors Florida State. I think their lack of pitching depth will catch up with them. Against these three elite teams, they have the least
1: pitching of these teams. I yes. like their top five guys; they're fine, but I, I feel better. I think they're okay. I think it. okay. They're
0: just okay, and, and all these other teams have elite guys, and Florida State doesn't. Here's Jonquil Martin. Is, this year is not an elite guy.
1: He's not. He's got seven losses. He gets hammered. He gets hammered regularly. I mean, he's fine, but he's not an ace.
0: He was an ace last year. He's he just
1: hasn't been this year. Here's a very interesting note that I'm noticing on this bracket too. Jim Schlossnagle's been to Omaha. As an assistant yep. with Tulane, Tulane, Tulane. John Savage has been to Omaha as an assistant at That's Southern right. California. Kevin, Kevin O'Sullivan. O'Sullivan has been to Omaha as an assistant at Clemson. None of these guys have taken their own team to Omaha. First time for all three of them. Mike Martin's been to Omaha more than any other coach without yeah. winning 13th a national championship. 13th trip? Or That's correct. That's 14th, maybe? 13th, I believe. I think it's 13. But, uh, Dad Gummet, one of these years, Florida State's going to win, you'd think. But... It doesn't seem like it suits, sets up well for them. This is actually number 14. It's 14? Wow. Just congratulations to Mike Martin. What an unbelievable legacy of consistency oh, for yeah. that program. Oh yeah. And this is huge to get back after a, the drought from 2000 to 2008, not to get back a second time in three years. Yeah. We're back, baby. Yeah, Seminole Seminole Nation is back That's in right. Omaha. <laughs> um, so who, who are you picking over here? I think Florida is the most complete team. They've been the best team we've ranked all year. Florida, consistently, UCLA was ahead of them a little bit in the rankings. But I think for the last month and a half, Florida has been our top-ranked team. So are you picking is, the Gators? Is that who you're picking? I'm asking you, who are you picking? I, I'm picking the Bruins. You are. I'm picking the Bruins to win this because they're starting pitching. I actually think they can go 3-0. Um, I'm picking, if any team can go 3-0, it's UCLA because of that pitching. I, I
0: do agree with you that they've got a real shot at it, and I like the way their big three guys have pitched. Um, Rasmussen and Cole and Bauer I mean uh, th- th- it's Unlike earlier in the year When they fl- faced Arizona State And maybe those guys Weren't at their sharpest Remember they were swept At home by Arizona State Yes they were um, Those I guys have pitched Better lately But that said I mean Garrett Cole Still gave up four runs In his last outing He wasn't Fullerton. great He wasn't great against Bauer Fullerton. gave up six runs Against Fullerton I mean they can be beaten And here's what I think Is going to happen Okay I, I think, think Ford is a bad Matchup for them Because they have some Aggressive hitters Yes they have some Aggressive hitters I think a guy like Preston Tucker, I just really see Preston Tucker being having a huge week here. Okay. Left-handed power bat, mature hitter, he's, he's going to make those guys work. I see Tucker, maybe Maddox, these guys are guys with elite bat speed, elite prospects. They can hit velocity. I don't think they're going to be intimidated. I think these guys are going to have a couple of big swings. I think that Florida is going to scrap together. You know, they they play that same West Coast style. They can. I mean, they, they don't can, have they to can sit really back bun. and Really fun. I mean, on one thing that struck me, John, is a quick side tangent here. At the SEC tournament, when we were on the field for batting practice the day before, doing that little radio show mm-hmm. and uh, watching all these teams take BP, and then Florida gets up there and they spend half their time gathering a little circle right on home plate, and Sully would just toss them balls and they would just do these little bunt drills. They just, I mean, they just they spend half their time doing that stuff. Huh. Uh, Nobody else did that.
1: They take the small
0: game seriously. They take it very seriously. I think the entire package, I I see Florida State coming out and jumping UCLA, Garrett Cole. um, I mean Florida? Florida, rather. Pardon. Uh, So I think Florida wins that first game. I like TCU on the other side in that first game. Hard to pick against Matt Perk right now. Yeah. And for
1: anybody who has a problem with the way he wears his hat, keep it to yourself. (laughs) I mean, for crying out loud, are we really going to be upset about the way a 19-year-old lefty? He's a lefty. Actually, I guess he's 20. He'll be draft eligible next year. Sure. But are we really going to fixate on the way a guy wears his hat? Please. Anyway.
0: Yeah, I, I haven't heard that, but I, I've heard you talk about it. Yeah. Uh, but, Outrageous. Uh, you know, and then I think when it comes down to TCU and Florida for me. Um, I just I just go back and forth on this question. I know you love TCU. You know I love TCU. That team
1: does not have a weakness. They just don't. I mean, I, maybe I they're think, so I right-handed. Think Florida, I think
0: Florida's a little bit better up the middle. I think Fontana and Adams is is more solid than Featherston um, and, um, uh, and Ger- Jerome Pena.
1: Nolan Fontana. Sorry, it makes me think of Anchorman.
0: But, yes, they are better. They are
1: better up the middle. I'm still picking the Bruins. I like their starting pitching. I actually don't think Florida's a good matchup for them. They do have good hitters, but they're just aggressive. I don't think Austin Maddox uh, is going to touch Gary Cole. He's got seven walks. He chases pitches. You need to work. You need, to work. you need to work. Mike Zunino has 9 walks. Matt Den strikes out more than he walks. Josh Adams strikes out a lot. And and I'll Preston this Tucker and Nolan Fontana, are your two guys and the even the other guys, the rest of those guys strike out a lot. I think that's I think that Gator team is a tough matchup for Garrett Cole in, a, in a, for, for it's a tough matchup for Florida because I think they're a little bit too, almost too free swinging and I think Garrett Cole can take advantage of that expand the zone.
0: I think I think we're going to see good Garrett Cole in Omaha. We might. Um And I will say this too: even if UCLA loses the first game, I think that's a team that is deep enough on the mound to make a run through losers' bracket because of the Claypool factor. Absolutely,
1: Garrett Claypool could be like the Daniel Turpin of this of this uh, side of the bracket, Uh, or uh, what's the other guy? Joe Patterson was lefty who was uh, great for them, great for Oregon State. They they had pitching depth. They were able to go to. Daniel Turpin was really kind of like their swing guy who was yeah. really good for them both years. But I like UCLA on the side of the bracket. It sounds like you're picking between Florida and TCU, and you're leaning toward the Gators.
0: I'm picking between Florida and TCU. Um, I think TCU will be able to scratch out a few runs against any pitching staff in the side of the bracket, just like they did against Texas. Yeah. I, love, I love the way Winkler's pitching right now. Um, I think Stephen Maxwell will bounce back from his one rough start last week. I mean, he's been really good all season he other has. than that. Um, and and Tyler Lockwood is a bounce back arm. I mean, I, I don't like TCU's pen quite as much as Florida's or UCLA's, but I think uh, having that the senior back there is is a nice luxury. Um, heck with it, John. I'm taking TCU. You are
1: taking TCU. How about that? I'm taking the Bruins uh, here on the Baseball Mar- America podcast with John and Aaron. We want to remind you we're brought to you by MLB Network. And we also want to remind you that Baseball America and MLB Network have teamed for a special offer. You can get four issues of Baseball America for just 4 bucks with our MLB Network offer. Just visit BaseballAmerica.com slash MLB Network for our 4-for-4 four four deal. Um, Aaron, let's move on to the other side of the, of the bracket. This podcast is already going a little long. But uh, Arizona State, you got to give props to the Sun Devils and the Tim Esme. A very tough two-game Super Regional with Arkansas. Arkansas played them tough. A banged-up Arkansas team. Uh, But Arizona State takes care of business every way, and they get to the Cowboys series, uh, second straight year, obviously an all-new coaching staff. Um, The Sun Devils will face Clemson, who did everything it could to lose that Super Regional in the ninth inning against Alabama, but just held on. That was an ugly, frightening inning to watch. But through trials and tribulation, Clemson gets to Omaha, and credit to Jack Leggett for taking a team without really a number one starter. Without, We I mean, had a good number one, but not a great number one. Without really great lineup depth, without great defense, without a closer. I think they have pretty good lineup depth. Pretty good, but I wouldn't say it's great. They still have some guys at the bottom of the lineup. There's not any, the best thing about their team is their power in the middle of their lineup. Yeah. That's to me their, their strength is the middle of their lineup. Top five guys in their lineup are really good. Yeah. But they, however you want to hit them, like Miller, Freeman's a great like two-hole type guy. Parker, Shouse, Hinson. That's a really nice...
0: Start for any team. I opposition. agree, but I mean, also you've got Richie Schaefer who's starting to come I, up big. Yeah, he had a huge super regional. You're right. You've got you've got uh, Wilson Boyd who's been around forever and is yeah, know, he a been. good hitter, Hickory good college rep- hitter. Hickory
1: represent for Wilson Boyd. You got
0: Will Lamb who's a left hand hitter with some power and he has got holes, but I mean he's, he can draw some walks. He can do. Some, he's athletic. He can run. But their I lineup's mean, not as good as Arizona State's. The numbers might be better, but it's not as good an offense as Arizona State. I think Arizona State's offense is is. Beat you in more ways. I think that is true. So, um, so their strength. But I think Clemson's weaknesses to me are, are the bullpen and, and the defensive shortstop. Not, I think the lineup is really good. I do. In fact, it's the, it's the best offensive lineup in the College World Series this year statistically.
1: Really? Yeah. See, I would, if I had to pick the best lineup, I would pick Arizona State's.
0: But Arizona safe to me, you the it, most I mean, it's it, like ways. we talked about all year, though. I mean, they—they they, the one way that they can't really beat you is with power. They're, they're not a powerful lineup. They do have Cole Calhoun still. Omaha darling, Cole That's Calhoun, it. big red. That's it. Um, he's got 16 home runs. You know, there's a little bit of pop in there. And certainly McPhee and Torres, uh, Rishio Torres. And, I mean, those guys can run into one now and then. But, I mean, it's more like UCLA's offense than it is like Clemson's. Right. Yeah, or, you're right. Florida State. You're right,
1: it's not your typical Arizona State lineup with like w- a couple guys yeah. with Thunder in there as opposed but, to... But, this by the way
0: is an interesting matchup, a, a rematch of last year's Super Regional down in Tempe uh, with Arizona State and Clemson. Um, but uh, I, I think Arizona State wins again. I, I just, uh, you know, they're just... Arizona State is a machine. I mean, they just... They're they are just so good. They're just so balanced and deep. Um, if they have a lead
1: and it's a sixth inning, forget about it. I mean, they're just they're too good in the bullpen. They've been so good all year. And Arkansas even got to Lampson, but still not enough. And, uh, you know, they got, they got a runoff in the tie. Was it the second game or the first game? I forget. I mean, not that they roughed them up. They just, I thought
0: he had, didn't he have five scoreless innings in one of those games, or was that in the regional? I'm, I'm starting to. I think you're. I think everything's, that's starting, a everything's starting to blend together here.
1: Yeah, no, they are,
0: they are all starting to blend together.
1: I could be mixing up uh, my Lampson with my Swaggerty as well. That could be part of the problem. Because I think I
0: think you are. You're mixing up Lampson and Swaggerty. Right. Um Lampson, I think, threw five scoreless against Arkansas just, the first just, game. Their bullpen has yeah. been
1: so lights out for
0: so long. Um,
1: what is there a chink in the Arizona State armor? And if it, if there is, what is it?
0: Well, you know, the fact that they 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 don't really. They don't really blow people out too much to me. I mean, they're in a lot of close games, and in and, and Omaha, close games can go either way. I mean, it's, uh, it helps to have a great bullpen and a great defense and athletes all over the place. I think it gives you an advantage in pretty much every close game. Right. Um, but you never know. I mean, you just never know what can happen. I, I think the fact that they don't have the, the kind of offense that's going to really create a lot of distance between themselves and opponents most of the time, um, I think maybe that's the weakness. But, I mean, as far as they play great defense, you know, they've got tons of depth. They got, got athletes. They got athletes. They've got the best bullpen here, and 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 I love Florida's bullpen, and I love UCLA's bullpen, and I like TCU's bullpen, and I I really like South Carolina's bullpen. There's some great bullpens. Yeah, there are. Oklahoma's got a great bullpen. Yeah, Oklahoma. Didn't I even, mean, they didn't th- even need Basically, everybody except Clemson, and you know, Florida State has a great closer, but not much else. Um, there's a lot of good bullpens here. Arizona State's got the best one.
1: I think uh, Clemson. To me, they're the two seat There's the only two seed here. Now, I would say that out of these eight clubs, they're the eighth-place club. But I do think, it's funny, they do have enough offense. I think they're not going to go gentle. I don't I think, I don't think they're going to beat Arizona State in that first game. But I think Clemson's going to be a factor out there because of their power. I think a lot of it depends on how the ballpark and how Rosenblatt's playing right. this year. Right. If the winds are blowing out, that kind of thing, you don't want to get into a – Clemson this year's team could be like one of those Tennessee teams in days of yore where they played some of those ugly 1911 games and that kind of stuff. That could be Clemson this year. And the common theme, of course, there is Orange. Yeah. Um Oklahoma, meanwhile, Aaron, we have to address this. We've being addressed on the blog. Oklahoma goes to Charlottesville and beats Virginia. Texas is our preseason number one. Virginia was our preseason number two. Those two teams were really one, two, or three all year, I think. Uh it was just amazing consistency by both those clubs. But uh Texas, I think we've already explained, Texas just ran into a really good U- a TCU team and just couldn't hit enough against Matt Perk and Kyle Winkler and Lockwood. What happened to Virginia against Oklahoma? Was it the matchup and the fact that Oklahoma had a lot of good left-handed bats, and Virginia did not have enough left-handed pitchers to counter that? Or do we just really is Oklahoma
0: just better than Virginia? Oklahoma's not better than Virginia. They had a better weekend than Virginia. I mean, and you I can, agree with that. You know, any, if you want to argue with us, if you want to say we're just you know pumping up the wrong teams all year long, Virginia stinks because they fell one win short of Omaha. You can disagree. But they won 50 games. Podcast at baseballamerica.com. Send them They they, they won 50 games. I mean, they, they had one bad weekend all year against NC State, and then they fell one win short of the College World Series. This is a team filled with Omaha veterans, incredibly talented. Yes, any coach in the ACC, I mean, read our Super Regional Scouting Reports. None of those other teams in Super Regionals came close to Virginia when it came to balance. I mean, Virginia is awesome. Okay? Virginia is awesome. They were a great team. So, so they were a
1: very, very good team. I would say to earn great team, you got to get to yeah, Omaha. Yeah. Can't call them a great team. that didn't get to Omaha this year. Last year's team obviously did, but this year was not last year.
0: But so what? What I'm trying to say is, give Oklahoma credit. They beat a great team on they the do. road. I mean, they showed up there. They were the hotter team I when think, it mattered.
1: I think that's the way to say it. I also think that Oklahoma's bullpen was better than Virginia's. I think that uh, when it came down to it, I think Virginia did not uh, hit. I think when you, I think it's, uh, I, I don't know if you could say because they were tight or what. They expanded the zone against Bobby Shore. They hit some Adam balls. They got no breaks in the last game of that uh, offensively. And then they really just didn't pitch well. Brandon Klein did not pitch well. Tyler Wilson didn't pitch too great. Their defense wasn't good enough. Um, nothing went right for them in that uh, final game, obviously. That's how you lose 11
0: to nothing. But uh, The but the bottom line to me is if Robert Morey pitches well, yeah. then it's a different I – mean, I mean, I hate to put it on one guy, but Robert Morey – needed to pitch better than they did in game two.
1: Yeah, Oklahoma got to Bulla Bob and uh and Virginia, you know, when Virginia scores seven runs in Davenport Field, it usually wins. I wonder yeah. what their record is in games where they score seven points in that ballpark. But I think all the credit has to get to Oklahoma. And both of us talked about this Aaron. When we read that super regional scouting report that you got on Oklahoma, we were both like, you know, they sound better than I thought they were. And I think we were both lulled a little bit to sleep by the fact that their conference was weak. They were 12 and 10 in their conference at one point, and their non-conference schedule wasn't great. But this team got rolling, and obviously their power was really evident. That's not a home run ballpark every UVA, right. but that didn't bother Cody Ryan. That didn't back bother uh, the rest of Oklahoma's bats.
0: Yeah, and you know they can score runs a ton of different ways. I mean, they're in that respect. I mean, I think that they're they're almost more. They can almost beat you more ways offensively than Arizona State can because they do have that more of a power dimension, and they'll and they'll pull out all the stops offensively. I mean they'll. Uh, they'll run like crazy, they'll hit and run, they'll bunt, they'll do all kinds of things multiple times in a row, they'll just and throw they you can,
1: off. And they can also beat you with power. And they did it this weekend without Garrett Bouchot having a big weekend. Yeah, which he, did, is he, didn't, he was 0
0: for 9 going in that last game until he finally had a two-run single or something, or double, but... Um, and he's their best player, certainly. So, I mean, it's, uh, I think it's a really good team, and it's red hot right now. And I, and I love the way they're pitching as well. I mean, Bobby Shorter, of course, has been clutch. But, uh, you know, Michael Roach has pitched very well.
1: And they've got a nice bullpen, a deep bullpen with a
0: stud closer, exactly. They're so. dangerous. And, and, and I actually like their chances to win that first game against South Carolina. Um, you know, partly because South Carolina doesn't have a lot of lefties. I mean, we, talk, we saw how effective lefties could be against against Oklahoma. And, and I don't and if think any
1: lefty. Obviously, Danny yeah you Hill have to have a good, a good, lefty.
0: firm special lefty. And it's not like this, this Oklahoma team is loaded with lefties. It's still pretty balanced. I mean, I think it's uh, actually five righties, four lefties in their usual starting lineup. So, okay. Uh, and and Bushell's right-handed. Max White's right-handed. And Chris Ellison. I mean, you know, Ryan great.
1: Ryan and uh, Ryan and Sideser. You know, they are the top
0: left-handed bats.
1: Yeah. And, and Bushyhead. Bushy I head
0: I mean, you know, those, those. And Danny Black's a good player. So I mean, like they've got four lefties, five righties. It's a pretty good balanced team.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: But but that said, I think. Michael Roth and Tyler Webb, you know, Stephen Neff, those South Carolina lefties in the bullpen. Um, I think they're going to have to play a key role here if South Carolina's going to win this thing. I mean, let's Blake Cooper just pitches a heck of a game in that opener, which he could.
1: Blake Cooper or Sam Dyson, whoever, whatever right-hander South Carolina's going to throw at these guys at Oklahoma, it's going to have to do better than Robert Morey, yeah. bottom line. Yeah. You know, I think it's, we know that Oklahoma can hit sliders from right-handed pitchers. Because that's what you yeah. see from Virginia. You see a yep. uh,
0: boatload of slide pieces. And, and South Carolina is very similar. I mean, you know, Blake Cooper pitches off his off speed stuff a lot. And um, he's, I think, kind of similar to Maury. Maybe better a better third pitch, better change up. Yeah. Which is, I think, very useful. A little more moment. pitchability.
1: A little more pitchability. A little less velocity, a little more pitchability.
0: Yeah. But I, I think South Carolina, honestly, I think Dyson would be a. a better matchup against Oklahoma because velocity gives Oklahoma more trouble.
1: And he's got that power. When he's on, he's stolen both his curve and his slider, but he has yeah. a curveball, can be a power curveball. He's at his best when his curveball is good. So no, I'm, I was about to say the same thing. Kudos to South Carolina. Going on the road to beat, you know, like, uh, you, know, you want to talk about upsets. It's not talked about as much because they went into Coastal Carolina and beat the number four national seed. Virginia was the number five national seed. So you have three of your top five national seeds go down and go down hard. So only three national seeds: Arizona State, you're one; Florida, your three; UCLA, your six. Get to Omaha, and yet I really think that uh, you know the rest of these teams, uh, the team that didn't get to Omaha, I really uh, those top six I think were pretty legit, and three of them didn't get Here's here. No question. And I'm not saying that Louisville and Georgia Tech weren't legit, but they were at a different level than the top six in my mind. We talked all year about there being like a separation of these top four or five teams. Coastal Carolina kind of came in there. UCLA, we had dropped out of that elite mix. But, and then a couple of those quote-unquote elite teams, Texas and Virginia, not getting to Omaha. I think that's, that's a big surprise. I think you have to really give credit to Oklahoma and TCU for getting the job done yeah. on the road. But I think South Carolina deserves a little credit for it. wasn't as nearly as, as difficult going on the road. They're in the same state. You know, Coastal Carolina, for the most part, Aaron, South Carolina and Coastal Carolina are recruiting the same player. South Carolina gets it. Yeah. You know, they're South Carolina. And I thought Gary Gilmore's quotes, the coaches of Coastal Carolina, were painful to read, but probably true. Omaha has never felt further away. You're the home team in a super regional and you lose. Uh with that team. I think I understand why Gary Gilmore said that and that just tells you what kind of competitor that guy is. Yeah. But it also tells you a little bit about his perspective. He's right. That I was
0: this this was the best team Coastal's ever had and I mean, I really thought all year long, I kept saying it, I thought they were an Omaha team, and I thought they were going to win that super regional. I, th- I thought they were going to find a way, even though South Carolina was more rested in the mound and seemingly had the advantages in that department. Um, South Carolina's
1: bullpen has been great all year and really got the job done in the super regional. I think, you know, yeah. Mar- Mark Calvey, their pitching coach, deserves some credit for he his does a good job. managing that bullpen all year and getting them to Omaha. And, uh, you know. Yeah, Sam Dyson got jumped in that second yeah, game. absolutely. He up four
0: runs, and was chased in the second inning. Uh, and of course, they just turn over the bullpen. It's Mata, It's Neff, it's Taylor, it's Roth, it's Carter, yeah. it's Price. Here we go. And you Price know. on back-to-back games. Matt Price, awesome. He's outstanding. He, he was, really is. He was spectacular. I mean, that
1: four-three game, he comes in in the eighth inning on the first game and strikeout, strikeout, pop out to get out of that bases-loaded, no outs jam. I
0: mean, it was tremendous. Uh, yeah, I mean, both those games were really tight, close. They were great games. Great games. I mean, South Carolina again, like you said, I think it required a heroic effort from Matt Price. Out of the bullpen to win that first game. And then the second game, you had, uh, you know, it looked like Coastal was going to win that thing. I think they were up two runs, and then uh, um, yeah, along Christian, comes Walker. Christian Walker with a, with a three run Johnson and they, that. Uh, with a Chad Flack uh, like moment, a bad
1: a, flip, yeah, <laughs> uh, crushing a three run home run to reverse a lead and turn it into a take a take a deficit and turn it into a lead. Yeah. Um, Ranking these four teams, Aaron, is Arizona State the prohibitive favorite over here? Are they the strong favorite, slight favorite? They have to be the favorite. No, they're the favorite for sure. Yeah.
0: I, I think they're a, a pretty strong favorite. I, I mean, would I
1: would use the word strong. I wouldn't use the word prohibitive, but no. I would use the word strong.
0: Um, I mean that said, I mean all these teams are playing pretty well right now. They're all pretty hot. Obviously, you're in Omaha. You're you're playing pretty well. Um, who knows what could happen? But I I think I'm going to pick Arizona State in that side of the bracket. I just think that they're they're just so complete, and uh, you know I think Oklahoma is the runner-up for me on that side of the bracket.
1: I, I I agree that Arizona State is the strong favorite. I like South Carolina a little bit better than Oklahoma. But boy, I like Oklahoma. I was extremely impressed with Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma, as far as just like hot, out of all the teams in Omaha, which team is playing nearest its peak level? Yeah. I think it's them. Yep. I, I think you go you. back to. I'm just going back to May first. May first, they lost the second game, middle game of the series at home against Kansas State. They have lost five times since May 1st. They lost May 1st. They lost May 8th. They lost May 14th. They lost May 28th. They lost June 12th. That's it. For a solid month and a half, this team goes out on the field every time thinking they're going to win. That, I think, is the hottest team in the country. They're the hottest team in Omaha. I think Oklahoma is super dangerous. It would not shock me if Oklahoma won the whole thing. I agree with you. But But at the same time, I think South Carolina's bullpen depth, their balance, their defense. It seems like they're a little bit better defensively, maybe a little bit more athletic than Oklahoma. Um, I I like that South Carolina team. I've liked it all year. They're playing close to their peak level right now as well. Um, But I think Arizona State is the strong favorites. I guess I didn't expect I was going to do this, but I'm picking an all-Pac-10 final, Arizona State and UCLA. And, Aaron, I'm picking Arizona State to win the national championship. I know they're the number one national seed, but they've been the best team all year for a reason. I think it would be an amazing story for Tim Esme to take over this program. Yeah. He was forced out prior to the 2009 season as the assistant coach to come back and take over after Pat, Murray, Pat Murphy was let go. And to do this without Josh Spence and to win the national championship without roster would be an amazing story, and I think it's going to happen. I'm picking Arizona State.
0: It's a fine pick. It's a fine pick, and it's the logical pick. And they're the only team here, really, aside from Florida State, that has players on his roster with Omaha experience, and they've got a lot of guys with Omaha experience. That's a factor for me as well. I think that matters. Um, When it comes down to it, if they're in a three-game series against TCU, which is what I am predicting, not with a lot of confidence, mind you, because I have really no idea what's going to happen this week. I'm really excited about this field. Absolutely. It's a great Um, field. It's a really fun field. Yeah, it's a fun field. And, you know, as, as... Hey, I insisted all year long that Texas and Virginia were the two best teams in the country, and neither one's in Omaha. So you never know what's going to happen. Um, but uh, if, if there's a three-game series between Arizona State and TCU, um, you know, I think I think it'd be very fascinating. I mean, I, I think TCU does have enough pitching to to shut down the ASU offense. It's it's a very good ASU offense, but it's not. I don't think it's an elite ASU offense.
1: It's not elite. It's good. but By their own standards, it is certainly not elite.
0: And and I think TCU is good enough offensively to scratch out some runs against the likes of Blair and Kelly and and Jake Borup. So for us, the college season started
1: in Fort Worth, in Dallas-Fort Worth, at the ABCA convention, and we made a visit to Lupton Stadium, saw the campus, saw their indoor facility, facility toured around with Todd Whitting and and Jim Schlossnagel, saw Jim Schlossnagel's new house across the street from the ballpark, basically. Are you going to finish us where we started with TCU as your national champion? I'm taking the Horned Frogs. That is a bold pick. That's a bold, fresh piece of humanity, Aaron. Got to pick something. You got to pick something, and you're picking TCU. I'm picking Arizona State. I know I'm going chalk, uh, but that is that is a bold pick. I love it. I love that you're, you're, you're going to paint it purple, as they say over in East Carolina. I don't know if they do that at TCU, but that would be, in a lot of ways, another great sign for college baseball, that when you look at the landscape of college sports, The way it's changing right now, the way it might change in the future. Can we imagine talking about a college postseason if Texas and these Pac-10 teams were all in the same conference? How would you seed regionals and super regionals then? This whole system would not work if you had four 16-team super conferences like it might be headed for. You're right. There's no way it would work. You'd have to blow up the whole thing. Uh, which would be interesting. Maybe it should be blown up. But now
0: it looks like the Big 12 is saved, right?
1: Uh, what's left of it is a 10-team conference, and who knows what it'll be called? I don't know if they want to trade names with the Big Ten. Yeah. They should, <laughs> uh, but it's kind of stupid. I th- I say that we outlaw the name Big for every conference, um, but that would be that. That's really neither here nor there. But the way that the college sports landscape is changing, the way that you must be in a BCS league for football, the way for basketball, it's so dominated by the BCS leagues. In baseball, anything can happen. You could have a WAC team win the national championship like happened two years ago. You could have a Big South team hosting a Super Regional with a chance to go to Omaha. These are all power conference schools with the exception of TCU, but what if a Mountain West team wins the national championship in baseball? Second time in three years, we have a non-traditional, non-BCS league win the baseball championship. Um, Obviously, we had the SEC last year, but two years ago with the WAC, Fresno State, and here at TCU, if if Aaron Fitz's prediction comes true. I think those would be neat things for college baseball. I think that just tells you that the playing field in college baseball is more wide open than it is for any other college sport. So I think it would be great, a good sign for college baseball to send out to the nation. So uh, there would be no better sign of parity if two times in three years you have Mountain West and WAC teams yeah. winning the national championship. Aaron, it's been a fun season. Obviously, we're both going to Omaha tomorrow. Uh, we will uh, chat and uh, cover the heck out of the college series like we always do. Anything else you want to say about this field in Omaha?
0: Uh, like I said before, I think it's a really compelling field. I love to see new new blood in there. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of talent in this field, young talent especially. You know, there's a lot of teams. You know, UCLA, Florida, TCU. uh, you Hot know, teams that will be back here next year? Yeah, high profile underclassmen on those teams. And, those and teams are going to be Arizona eight for state Om- as well.
1: Those teams are going to be eight for Omaha teams yeah. at the end of this for I sure. Su- I suspect so. I agree, and uh, we'll follow it all at the college blog and at baseballamerica.com. And we thank you so much for following us all year. Uh obviously we'll also be tweeting during the game, so don't forget you can follow Aaron at, at AaronFit. I'm uh, my Twitter is at, at John Manuel B A. Follow us both at, at Baseball America on Twitter. And uh we'll be updating Facebook as well and uh well just you, there are a million ways to follow baseball America right now. The brand is over so many platforms and uh, one of them is the podcast, and we hope you enjoyed it all year. So for Aaron Fit, I'm John Manuel. I want to thank our sponsors, MLB Network. We'll see you from Omaha on the base- next Baseball America podcast. So long, everybody.
0: Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off